Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. On today's show, we're talking about the three deadly sins of the spreadsheet, the most common mistakes I see investors make. The first is the dreaded rule of thumb mistake. Somewhere along the way, a real estate trainer provided some rules of thumb about what things should cost. In particular, we're talking about expense ratios. The logic goes something like this. In a multifamily apartment building, you should allocate about 45% of your revenue to expenses. Well, folks, I'm here to tell you this approach of analyzing your apartment complex is just plain inaccurate. In fact, it's so inaccurate, it's not even useful as a tool for quick math. I've seen the exact same product with the exact same management company experience two dramatically different expense ratios. In one city, the expense ratio was 31%, and in the other, it was 42%. The rents were basically the same. The difference was in property taxes and insurance. One city had much higher property taxes, which accounted for a massive difference in the total operating expenses for essentially the same product. So rules of thumb don't work. The only exception would be if you had another similar building in the same area with a good bit of operating history. In that case, you can borrow actual expense numbers as an estimate for a similar property in the same area you're not blindly multiplying by a percentage. In that case, you're using real data as a point of reference. It's a bit like asking how much profit are you going to make as a taxi driver? Well, what's your mileage? How heavy is the traffic? How much time is the driver idle waiting for a new fare? There's just so many variables. And the same is true for an apartment complex. Expenses tend not to care how much you're getting in rent. If you have a lot of common area, you're going to need to spend money on energy to provide lighting and climate control for those common areas. How old is the building? How much will you need to spend on maintenance? How high is your tenant turnover? The higher your turnover, the more you're going to spend on unit turns. When a water heater decides it's reached end of life, the water heater doesn't care whether you're getting $700 a month in rent or $3,000 a month in rent, and it's going to cost the same to replace the water heater no matter what. But clearly, as a percentage of rent, the cost of maintenance is going to be much, much higher in the case of a low-rent situation. I've seen investors take this flawed assumption and build a financial house of cards right on top of it. Earlier this week, I was engaged in a conversation with an investor about to build a new apartment complex in what I would describe as a C area. The cost of construction is up 15% over the past year, and I can tell you rents are definitely not up 15% in that area. In fact, rents in this C area are respectable, but they're far from what would be needed to support new construction. I find that investors who are new to development are often delusional about how to position a new property. The cost of construction varies at most by 10% between an A-class product and a B-class product. But the difference in rent between A-class and B-class can be as much as a third. That explains why most new properties are often built as A-class. If you're going to bother building new, why not maximize your rent? Why would you go through all that effort and get two-thirds of the value? The problem lies in failing to distinguish between the value of A-class product and B-class product, especially in a C area. There's a total of three deadly sins that I see frequently when it comes to underwriting a deal. Excel or any spreadsheet will give you beautiful reports and charts and graphs. That creates an aura of legitimacy that far outstrips the integrity of the underlying data. So number one, I see investors push the rents above market. Nothing too aggressive, maybe just $50 a month above market. I've seen so many investors delude themselves using this approach. Number two, we're talking about the aforementioned expense estimates. And number three, and this is one of the worst ones, the cap rate assumption. 
market cap rate is often used to determine the value of a property. But since cap rates these days are so low, even a small change in cap rate can result in a large change in value. I would have valued a new property in that C-class location at about a 6 or 6.5% cap rate. But this investor chose to underwrite the value based on a 4.5% cap rate. That 2% difference in cap rate may not sound like a big difference, but in reality, we're talking about a 32% difference in value. Simply by choosing a lower cap rate, this investor had inflated the value of his property by 32%. This particular investor had accepted another investor's pro forma as a good model without digging deeply into the numbers. Turns out that his expense ratio was below 20%, which is frankly unrealistic. So when you layer the other sins on top, you find the cumulative error is a whopping 76% overestimation of the value of the property. But Excel is perfectly willing and dutifully to perform the math and show glowing numbers. In short, proper underwriting requires a deep analysis of all the variables that make up the income and expenses for your project. There's no shortcut. And if you're unsure as to what numbers to use in your model, get the model from the lender that's ultimately going to finance the project. Because if your model doesn't align with theirs, it doesn't matter. Theirs is going to rule the day. If you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.